0: I had it in my head again that um, I needed to get a promotion before I had my first baby. And so rather than like enjoying being pregnant and you know sinking into that and all, and all that stuff, I actually just put the, my foot on the pedal. I just pushed so hard. I pushed my body and my mind so hard. I ended up in hospital because like, I was so stressed out. They thought I had appendicitis, but I didn't. It was just because I was so stressed out. And anyway, I ended up developing and had my very first panic attack.
1: Hello, Happy New Year. I'm Abilie Belay, founder of VestPod and author of You're Not Broke, You're pre And you're listening to The Wallet. Every week with my brilliant guests, we give you the best tips, guidance, and a good dose of inspiration and motivation to manage your money better. We want you to feel confident in saving more earning more and investing for the long term today i'm speaking with kim palmer founder of clementine the hypnotherapy app for busy women who want to find their inner calm reduce anxiety ditch self-doubt and get a great night's sleep it was a very honest and refreshing conversation i feel like i've known kim for years even though we never actually met we've had so many amazing conversations Kim is really grounded, down-to-earth and inspiring and I love how she questions how things should be done and always listens to her own needs first and foremost. It's great to hear from CEOs that do their own thing rather than following the herd. So today on The Wallet, Kim reveals how she struggled with her mental health and burnout, why she began wondering whether she was really happy and how she eventually transitions to being her own boss. Quitting a well-paying job to launch your business is daunting. So Kim shares her experience of what worked for her, how she views raising funding, and why she's adamant on always asking, but why? We're always striving for something. Kim tells us why it's paramount we learn how to stop the noise and create a path that works for you and you alone, and how we can be more mindful about not falling back into old patterns. I'd also just like to say a quick thank you to our sponsor, Pension B. PensionBee has helped over 500,000 customers be pension confident. It enables savers to take control of their finances by helping them transfer their old pensions together into one simple online plan. With pension B, you can manage your pension like you manage your bank account, check your real-time balance, your projected retirement income, and set up contributions and withdrawals all from the palm of your hand. Plus, you'll get human support from your very own UK-based account manager or, as pension B calls them, keeper. You can sign up to Pension B today with the name of your old pension providers in just five minutes, and if you're self-employed, you can start a new pension from scratch. As always with investments, your capital is at risk. Also, remember that we are not certified financial advisors, so the articles and information made available on Vespot and this podcast are provided for information and educational purposes only, and does not constitute financial advice. Hi, Kim.
0: Good morning.
1: So you, you're the founder of, um, of Clementine. So it's an um, hypnotherapy app for busy women who want to find their inner calm, reduce anxiety, ditch self-doubt and get a great night's sleep. Yeah. So I guess you need it at the moment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm using
1: it on repeat. <laughs> on repeat, exactly. Can I just ask you to introduce yourself for people who, who don't know you?
0: I started Clementine in 2017. But it was very much a side hustle. I was just doing it off the side of my desk, and I had a, you know, a pretty big job actually as a strategy director for one of the biggest digital agencies in the world, Wonderman Thompson. So I spent four years there, and then I'd worked at Tesco, you know, one of the biggest retailers, um, one of the biggest banks, Lloyd's Bank. Um, and I suppose I, yeah, I started my career thinking that my career was going to be in the corporate world, and I just was like climbing. What do you think you were chasing at
1: the at the time?
0: Look, to be completely honest, when I was climbing the corporate, you know, ladder, it's easy to look back, isn't it, and and realize that none of that really actually made me happy. Yeah. But the question about well, what what was I chasing? Like, why was I doing that? It's just such a good question. Like, I think I was, I think I was chasing happiness, right? I think that was the big thing, but I didn't realize. What made me happy and so I hung on to things like you know ha- having nice clothes and going on nice holidays and and sort of keeping up with the Joneses do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. all those things would make me happy um, and striving to have that sort of you know perfect life I think I had I actually had a vision of what my 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 perfect life looked like when I was younger and it was a white picket fence, you know two kids always going on dream holidays, you know, but, you know, it was just so, it was just now I realize how ridiculous and how none of that actually really made me happy. Yeah. Yeah, And so I ended up working, you know, uh, and climbing and climbing and climbing in the pursuit of happiness, but none of those things that I was buying or consuming or, you know, even the holidays, like none of it actually, when I look back, made me happy.
1: Yeah, and you think next year is going to be better, and um, yeah, I'll do more interesting
0: things. Yeah,
1: I'll earn more money. No, yeah, it's going to solve all my issues. It's going to be much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I honestly
0: thought money was—I thought money was the almost like the goal. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And that when you have more money, it makes you happier because you, then you can do more of those things, like buying more clothes, going to nicer restaurants. You know, but actually, I ended up developing a lot of really unhealthy behaviors and habits around work you know perfectionism that that's creeped into so many aspects of my life without me even really recognizing it and it wasn't really until um I had you know I had a mental health breakdown basically which which when I was pregnant with my first son started at work when again I was climbing the corporate ladder and this is (laughs) saying out loud I always think, God, it sounds so stupid. But I had it in my head again that I needed to get a promotion before I had my first baby.
1: Yeah.
0: And so rather than like enjoying being pregnant and you know sinking into that and all, and all that stuff, I actually just put the, my foot on the pedal. Push, push. I yeah. just pushed so hard. I pushed my body and my mind so hard. I ended up in hospital because like, wow. I was so stressed out. They thought I had appendicitis, but I didn't. It was just because I was so stressed out. And anyway, I ended up developing and had my very first panic attack at work. I didn't know it was a panic attack at the time, but that was pretty much like the beginning of the end yeah. for my confidence um, and my self belief. You know, my voice, like I just lost my voice because it then ended up that I, because I swept it under the carpet, you know, classic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. So like, oh, you know, it's, it's fine, okay. I'll be fine. I'm going to be fine tomorrow, yeah. Yeah, okay. exactly. I also thought, oh, I'm going to go on maternity leave, which would be fine, not knowing what it would be like to have a baby, <laughs> yeah. uh, which had its own challenges. And anyway, I ended up developing social anxiety and was just having panic attacks on a daily basis.
1: What did you do from there? Did you?
0: Yeah, how did because, I get out of Because I that?
1: guess you didn't want to take some some time off.
0: Well, I was on maternity leave, so I, but also, do you know, you know, when, when you have children, there comes a set of different challenges with going back to the workplace, doesn't there? Yeah. And so I was just feeling so awful about myself. And, and I also got made redundant when I was in that place. Um, so I had to find a new job. And I knew that I couldn't even get a job if I didn't try and help myself because I was just feeling so awful. I was having panic attacks at job interviews. Wow. How was I even going to get a job? And it wasn't until um, I tried a a couple of different types of therapies, actually. So talking therapy, CBT um i tried meditation because that was a really big thing at the time you know everybody saying we well, should meditate but i i found that i just couldn't my brain was just too busy and too stressed yeah and, and it wasn't until i i met a friend who had used hypnotherapy in her work to push forward in her career actually and she said oh you know you should you should try hypnotherapy and i'd never i'd always thought hypnotherapy was for things like curing fear of flying or hypnobirthing yeah. or you know at like um, weight loss things like that I had no idea that it, it could have a broader reach at that point I would have just thrown any money at the problem and so I saw Georgia Foster actually who was the first voice behind Clementine I saw her once and honestly it was amazing it was almost like a poison was coming out of my body even just after one session now I did see her for a whole year but this it was just like this this tool um, that helped me to start feeling much more relaxed because I couldn't even stop anything that was going on in my head, you know, yeah, and it was so busy. And then also to start to remember and remind myself of, you know, that I did have, there are some good things about myself and, and learn to unpick some of these um, beliefs that I had that just weren't true. Um So yeah, hypnotherapy was one of the major, major tools that I used to get me out of that really dark place back then.
1: And was that when you you then started to think about um, starting a business Mm. and Clementine or going back to work? What
0: happened was, it's actually interesting. So I did get back into work, which was great. And I managed to find a workplace that felt really safe for me. And I think that was the most important thing is that I needed to feel somewhere that was psychologically safe if you know what I mean. And so as part of that, I started to, and this is quite brave when I think about it, looking back, I started to open up about how I felt at work, Um, you know, not having anxiety and not always feeling confident, especially when, let's get real about it, the, the currency to get ahead at work generally is confidence, right? Even if we don't want to believe it, that I do think in some workplaces, that's what they expect you to sort of, you know, look like all the time. Anyway, when I started to speak up about how I was feeling um, and I ran this initiative for women in the workplace, it became so clear to me so quickly that so many other women were suffering. Yep. And I wasn't thinking of starting a business either. At that point, I was just like, oh, God, this is really like sad. It was like an epidemic. You know, literally every single woman was coming to talk to me saying, I, you know, I'm going through these things and I feel like I can't talk about it. It's all in silence. And it wasn't until I, so what happened at work is that I started to revert back to some of those unhealthy behaviors where I started to climb the ladder again. And when I started to do that, because I, I was starting to connect more with what was making me feel good and what wasn't, I very quickly went, Oh, hold on a minute. I'm starting to go back to how I used to be. And I quickly realized that that was not, I was like, Oh my God, this is not right. Like maybe, maybe this world that I'm in is actually not right. And I did a lot of soul searching, did some coaching. And as part of that, to cut a long story short, I realized that actually I needed to get out of that world completely. Like that was not the world for me. And, you know, I actually, I'm the main breadwinner and, and our family, my husband is a teacher, you know, but I was earning a significant amount more than him. So we relied so much on our income. So to come to that realisation was quite a scary thought. So okay, so this world that you're you're in, this work world, which pays you a lot of money, is actually the world where perhaps it's a source of a lot of mental health problems and not making you happy and not bringing you any joy. What are you going to do? And that's when I started thinking, I need to do my own thing. I need to take back control of my life. And, and the only way to do that that I could think of was to be my own boss. Yeah. And, and that's when I went on a process to think, okay, well, what could it be like, I never, I never had a mission to at that time, the mission was not, you know, build a billion dollar company. That wasn't what it was about. It was about building something that would allow me to do something that I loved, you know, that I would feel good about every day that would impact other people that would allow me to have flexibility around my kit, you know, it was all those things. And the money hopefully would follow versus making money the purpose.
1: Yeah. So the the first days of, of your side hustle, how did it look like?
0: Yeah, it was amazing. Do you know what? Because as soon as I decided, it was so interesting. I think starting Clementine was also another major tool for me on my mental health journey. Yeah. Because it just gave me something so good to focus on. And then I also changed the way that I was working at work, right? So I'd leave on time. Because I I wanted to leave, even though I had a family, which sounds silly, doesn't it? It's like I wanted to go home because I wanted to work on this other thing. And I then reframed what work the the paid job was for me at that time. I was like, I'm going to use this job as much as I can to get everything that I need out of it um, and learn things and network and all that stuff that would help me build my side hustle. So I literally, you know, I would go home every day and I'd work on it every night. I stopped watching TV in the evenings. It just became like a, a hobby. I also ended up taking Fridays off work. That's what happened. Because I knew that if I wanted to really make momentum with this, it needed me to spend, you know, sort of 10 hours in one go on it. So I started in January 2017 working on it and building it. And then it was November 2017 that, that it got launched onto the App Store. Wow. And then it was, it was still, I still worked on it as a side hustle right up. And I was still working at Wonderman Thompson uh, right up until the summer of 2019. But I got to a point then where it became too much. It was like, how on earth? Because I then had another baby as well. So it's like, I've got two kids, I've got quite a senior job, and I'm trying to run this thing. And this is the thing that makes me happiest. Something's gotta go here. And it was at that time we my husband and I, who's like really supportive, was like, it's now time to go all in.
1: And did you manage to build the first version of the app from like with your with your savings? Yeah. And paying paying developers, that's how it worked?
0: Yes, definitely. So because I got made redundant, do you remember I was saying I got a, a payout and I always just put that yeah. money aside. It was the best thing I ever did, you know, not spending that money. So I used all that money. Um, so Simon and I and my husband, we bootstrapped everything to that point. I mean, I, to, be, <laughs> to be frank, I think I remember saying to him, he was like, how much is this going to cost? And I was like, oh, you know, probably like this. And then it ended up costing, you know, three times as much because I didn't really know what I was doing. <laughs> but do you know what? Like, honestly, this has been the best money that we've ever spent. Yeah. Because it's changed. It changed our whole life. Not yeah. even just my life. It's changed his life. It's changed our kids life it's changed how we think about you know what we want to do with life and how we spend our days and and maybe we might not ever sell the business and get that money back but i think it's been the best investment
1: and from there so first version of the app you quit your you quit your job but then you have to, uh, I guess, transform that into, into a business. Yeah. Start paying yourself at, <laughs> at some point. <laughs> yeah. so, so what happens? Do you, do you go and raise money at this point or, yeah. or that
0: happens I, a bit later? So summer 2019, that's when I, yeah. I quit my job. And I knew at that point I was like, the only way this is going to work is if I get some money. Because we literally had no money, right? Yeah. And I just felt like we'd plateaued I, I'd used everything in my toolkit that I knew of at that point to get it to where it was. And I, um, so yeah, I did, I, I, I went to myself, okay, Kim, you need to raise some money. Also at that time, you know, got some pretty big competitors in this space. who have got calm headspace collectively had over a hundred million dollars worth of investment. So they didn't just get big. They've got a lot of money behind them. So I was like, okay, well, maybe that's what needs to happen. So yeah, I, I actually met a guy randomly at a breakfast um, who became—he's now an investor and in one of a smaller investor in our business—but he became an introducer, and he really intro, uh, like opened the doors and taught me about that whole investment landscape, which I have to be honest, I found so scary. I I just the, I didn't understand anything. I just didn't understand the language. I didn't understand who these people were, like, why am I p- – like, how to write a pitch, you know, all of that stuff yep. felt really quite overwhelming. I had a lot of panic attacks, actually, remember, during that time. Also, because I had that narrative in my head of, you know, only 1% of women get VC funds, I had that literally just on repeat in my head, which is crazy. I wish I'd – now I look back, I wish I'd taken it out of my headspace space because yep. it actually wasn't that helpful, And then, yeah, we managed to raise a million pounds in that first round, which actually, now that I look back, it wasn't that difficult, even though it felt really uncomfortable. We were having open conversation. Lots of people wanted to talk to us. And we found the most incredible impact investors, you know, a family office whose, I suppose, mantra or reason for being is to help business who are making a social impact in the world but who are also going to be revenue generating I probably would have just taken any money (laughs) at that point and I'm so glad that they were the first ones because the way that they treat us and work with us is much more supportive and nurturing and takes a longer term view than the you know growth at all costs you know you know yeah. rap you know or you're not rapid you're not growing enough quick enough and i'm just like oh god you know i think that would have been really bad for me
1: so you get your first round you you sort of have a business plan you have an idea about about how you're going to make money uh, with with Clementine at the time yeah i mean sort of <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, because you're right, though. I mean,
1: that's what happens usually when you re- raise your first round. Is um, you know you have a deck and you have a big. Yeah. Did you have like a really big vision? Yes. Um, for for the business. Yeah.
0: It, I mean, and and it's so it's so right to point that out because at that point, like I had just jankily put together this product that needed to be completely rebuilt. It wasn't even on Android. It was free. Yeah. So there was no commercial model behind it whatsoever. But I had a vision of how to. Um, how we needed to sort of rebuild so that we could scale properly. So yep. that's basically what we spent all of this year um, and last year doing was rebuilding the app so that it could be a scalable proposition, you know, really getting into the detail of of um, metrics so that at the point where we would put in a significant amount of money to grow it, you wouldn't just lose loads of money. Mm. But it means that everything is a bit slow. And we did that all in the pandemic as well. We had to build a team in the pandemic, you know, um, which has been quite challenging, to be honest. But we've got, the, you know, an amazing core team now, but that we didn't start with the amazing core team.
1: <laughs> and what's your... Um what's your vision what's your mission now with with clementine because i guess it has i mean it may have changed a little bit especially when yeah when you you have the vision and then you you always have to go back to you know what's my product yes. what can i actually do yes totally. um, how do i scale how do i price i mean all these conversations are, are quite um are quite tricky so where so tricky. where do you stand today on, uh, on clementine? the mission
0: is the same but the way that we're approaching the mission has definitely changed over the past year. So the mission is, you know, we want to make an impact in the world, which is to create a world where every woman believes that they can do anything they put their mind to. That's yeah. Right yeah. now, the problem is not actually the women. <laughs> so we've built an app that helps women. You know, the problem is the life and the noise that goes on around us, and we're like sponges and we're soaking up all these messages. And, you know, we're striving for how to act like this, how to behave like that, what success looks like, you know, blah, 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 all this noise. So actually, when you think about it, you're like, okay, well, yes, we can help women to shut out all that noise and unpick and reframe all of that, yes. But if we really want to have an impact, we need to be helping these businesses and organisations who are building products, building services, you know, messaging them all, and to help them create those in a way That leaves people feeling better about themselves, not worse. So that all sound probably sounds a bit waffly, right? But what it has meant for us is that rather than like putting, you know, a million pounds of our money into paid media to to try to contact women, we're actually putting all of our efforts into partnerships. Yeah, it's a it's a big bold bet. I have no idea if it's going to work. But it feels like there's a lot of energy. You never have like any idea if it's going to work. No, exactly. But you go where the energy is, don't you? And yeah. it's like it became clear to us earlier this year that big brand, like massive brands wanted to start working with us. And you're like, actually, this is where we can add a lot of value to what they do and how they think and how they innovate these products. And almost, I suppose, what we've we've come to this conclusion that we could be the most amazing ingredient brand you know, like the Intel chip. You know, um, like Tencel, like Shimano, whatever. Clementine, because we're mindset, which affects everything that you do and see and, yeah. and consume, could be the way forward for these these brands. Which I find I find that really exciting, and it's really creative.
1: It's really exciting, and mindset. You're right; is so important. I mean, it it was for me. You know, same as I mean, I, I had you know similar journey in banking. You know, always trying to do more, do more, not feeling really good about my job, not knowing what I was after. Um, and then launched a business, launched the first business, closed the business, launched the second one. And my, I mean, I was fine, but you know, my mental health was so important. And then I started, I mean, you talked about meditation earlier, I started meditating. And I think that was yeah, yeah. a massive shift for me, um, even if I don't practice as regularly as I want now. But I think it's so important to have this layer of, you know, something oh, that, that helps you and make it a, a priority because yeah. usually when you realize that you need that, you um, know? it tends to be too late. Yeah.
0: You have to be, I was thinking about this the other day because I get asked it all the time and I have to say, I am incredibly deliberate about how yeah. I look after my mental health. But, and I just think you have to be, especially when you're a founder, it's just so hard, you know? And it's easy to creep into um, bad habits, which I found myself in during the summer, which was drinking too much. Yeah. And, it, you know, I can sort of laugh about it. It's like, I love to have a drink, but actually I didn't feel good about it. So if I'm not feeling good about yeah. it, then. And you're then tired. Yeah, and... exactly. So you have to be deliberate about what you're doing. And make it consistent
1: yeah especially when you love what you're working on you feel like ah, you know i'm gonna work a few more hours yeah. tonight and i'm just gonna do a longer yeah you know longer night and that's okay yes. because i really need to get this thing out and now you know the rush to christmas is the same trying to finish everything but you're like what are you pursuing yeah. and i think that's you know that's something you mentioned when we when we talked before this this interview is I love the term like the pursuit of, of nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so can you explain me what what you what you mean by that yeah. and, and and what you know because you talked about co- the corporate ladder trying to climb the corporate ladder and that maybe that wasn't for you but then when you're in a startup you're founder very quickly you get into this game of you know, I want to be bigger. I want to have bigger goals. Yeah. I want to raise my money. Yeah. This is I want to be in the press. You know, whatever. I mean, and success will will be different for all of us. Um, but how, you know, are you stopping this sort of cycle of more, 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 more?
0: Yeah, it's really hard. It's, you know, and this this idea, this I've got it in my head all the time. That's the mantra, the pursuit of nothing, which is this idea that like try to detach yourself from always striving. You know, striving for so many things. We talk about it all the time in the media, you know, like, oh, balance, you know, striving for happiness, you know, striving for um, the perfect body, you know, even success. And because the problem is, is that a lot of these terms like balance and success and, you know, body, they have um, very visual images of what that looks like. So everybody's going for the same thing, right? And so what yeah. I've had to learn to do, and I've realized is that that act of striving, even just the act of striving for balance and striving for happiness and stuff, puts so much pressure on me that you, and you never get there. Like it's an endless wow. pursuit. So what's the point? I'm just like, this is, this is crazy. I'm never going to get it. And I've just had, and I had that realization and that was good, but then you're like, okay, but how do I, cause you can easily keep you know, getting pulled back into it, right? Um, and so I just, you know, I, I am quite a big question, like I ask myself questions and it's probably really annoying for my team and even my husband and my kids. All the time I'm like, but why? Why are we doing it? Like, yeah. do we need to do this? Do I need to do it this way? Do we need to do it this way? Is there another way of doing it? Is that the path? Could we create our own path? Everyone else is going right. It's like, okay, well, perhaps we should go left. Like, will and then questions like, okay, maybe I've decided that I perhaps I will do this thing. But will it actually bring me joy? Do I feel good about it? And then, and you know the answers are, are are obvious. And then you just have to have the, you have to give yourself permission, and start really small and say, well, I'm I'm not going to do those things just because just because that looks like it's the path, you know, and I, I feel like this very much with fundraising at the moment, you know, yeah. the path is very much, you know, if you're on the VC path, pre-seed, seed, series A, blah, 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 and there's timelines that go around all of things, and I, I find it incredibly, I just don't understand it. I'm like, but why? Like, why does it need yeah. to be like this? Why can't we yeah. do, why can't we take money when we need it? Like, why would it be okay to just keep taking smaller chunks of money and then we're not giving away more of our business as we're still really evolving and developing what this is surely that might be a better way of doing it but other people like i've been talking to a lot of investors about this whole idea of you know, paid marketing and and the drug that it is and and you know if you think, think about the circular nature of money and where it's going is it is like is this right a lot of people find that really difficult to get their head around but i just feel like it's my job now to ask these questions and then hopefully like the people around me will start to ask more questions too and and then it will mean that you're just doing the things that you know feel much more right for you and not what everyone else is doing
1: yeah and i love the idea about of you know circularity of of money of capital and and we talked about that because i feel yeah it's, it's you know where do you get your money from yeah you know who's paying you yeah. who are you raising money from yeah and then what do you do with the money and of course if you're spending all your money on Facebook and, and Instagram then you know it's you're, you're just voting with your money you know you're yeah. just supporting these these companies do you think that adds some some complexity yeah. to your maybe to your business because oh God, I, yeah. I feel it, it it can add lots of challenges but then you know I for me I sleep at night when I think about these things. I, I, I love thinking about that, like impact, sustainability, building our own ecosystem. I love these things. But of course it's sometimes I feel it's easier if you go and follow, you know, the road oh most God, traveled yeah. where, you know, everybody's following the same path oh and raising God. from
0: the same people. Yeah, no, I'm I'm having this dilemma in my head all the time. I'm like and then you know, I'm like i because I can't help the way I think, but then part of me is like, Kim, why can't you just be like everyone else? <laughs> yeah. Why can't you just do that? Like, why do you care so much about these things? And then, yeah. and then the other half of me is like, stop worrying about that. You are who you are. You know, you do care about these things. And it would be so much simpler to do that. But I do think in the long run, it's about thinking about the long game, isn't it? Yeah. I'm not thinking about this. I'm thinking about the impact that Clementine has on the world, you know, I see it yeah. as an impact business, and so I think you do have to think about all these decisions. And I mean, I'll be honest; like we, so we came off performance marketing because for for many many reasons, and one of them was the circular nature of the money. But also, one was to do with the fact that every time we have to get more money in to, to put it up the front of the funnel, it just means that Simon and I are giving away more of the company, right? Yep. And so it, it makes you think more creatively about how another model could work where we're working with another company who are going to fund the entire thing and you yeah. do a rev share split. And I'm like, well, that's great because it's your money. I don't want us to give away more equity in our business. And we don't we don't mind doing a revenue split. That's, you know, we're actually, we're not here for that money right now. We're We're here about yeah. trying to grow the impact. So yeah. I think it presents... It makes you think way more creatively about how to solve problems.
1: And you leverage um, you leverage the expertise from from others that you wouldn't necessarily Could. do. I mean, I think it depends when you you know you raise money. You raise the big chunk of money that will depend from you know who you raise the money. And I think th- I've seen very interesting conversations recently where people would raise from like smaller angels, like smaller checks. But actually, these angels they would love your business. Yeah. They would do everything yes. uh, for you. And, and sometimes you don't necessarily get this level of support from maybe bigger funds because they're you know, they're busy. Um, so I think that's that's quite interesting also to know that you can find expertise in different ways and be maybe a bit smarter um, about this, making these choices.
0: Yeah, totally. And like we have, we actually, our investors are called active investors. So they're not passive. Yeah. They're not just giving us the money, which for some, for some founders, I think that, you know, they wouldn't be able to get on with that. But I personally, I'm such a collaborative person and I yeah. really don't know everything. I know that. And I've never done this before. So for me, like having more help and support is is better, really. Um, so I'm grateful that we have active, you know, investors. And to your point about the angels is really interesting. So we've just taken on board a, a super angel. And that, and it wasn't about the money, actually. It was about um, his expertise and just like the amount of time he was going to spend with me. He really, You know, he's just yeah. put in so much time and I'm like, this in itself is just like transforming the way that I'm thinking.
1: And, and finally, just on this before we, we, we talk a little bit about money is, I mean you want to have a huge impact you have a huge vision uh, but sometimes you you need a lot of capital mm-hmm. um to deliver this this vision so how do you, I mean again how do you manage like the cursor between <laughs> okay i raise more i can have a big, bigger impact or oh, actually it doesn't matter i can still have this big impact if i don't raise and and we've seen like amazing stories of businesses who've never raised any money who are making like such a big impact and and recently i was reading some some studies showing that Businesses who actually raise less money yeah. um, are more profitable. They go to you know IPO more quickly. So what's what's your view on that? Yeah,
0: no, I, I mean this is sort of where I've been thinking this year because um, we we did raise some more money this year, but we took a smaller. We raised five hundred thousand, right? Yeah.
1: And normally, well
0: and Yeah, uh, thank you. <laughs> in the mm-hmm. usual model, the usual linear path that everybody's following it. You always raise more than what you raised the last time, right? Yeah. And we were like, well, no. And actually, what we decided to—and this is so like left of what everyone else does—we've used the money to give ourselves a much longer runway yep. for salaries, because what we want to do in this new way that we're thinking about the impact that we have, actually, it's about um, the team. And how we think and, you know, the partnerships that we put all of our time and effort into, it's not about spending money on other things. And some people can't get their head around that. They're like, "We well, no, you're taking funds to accelerate quicker. And we're like, no, well, we're taking the funds. <laughs> we're doing the opposite. To go slower. Yeah, to go slower because actually it's really hard out there. Yeah. And we want to yeah. do this in the right way. And we think there's a big opportunity, but it take, like we have to be realistic about how long it takes. But we again, this just comes back to having the right investor who believes, who really believes that. And it's not just like, you know, you need to have done this in the next six months, which you can say that, but maybe it's not going to happen. I think we're making decisions about how we're taking the money in like a sort of 14 month cycle at the moment so that we're not putting ourselves under pressure as well. Because pressure is the worst thing for the team and for and me. For you, yeah. And because I'm in the driving seat, it's like everybody feels it. But when you can just yeah. take that away, and also this point that I was making earlier is that when you give yourself a longer runway, take the pressure off and also think to yourself, well, we don't really have much money to spend on other things, it changes the way that you think and you creatively come up with much better, in my opinion, much better ways to grow that are sustainable, yeah. but it takes longer.
1: Yeah, it takes longer. But you build an organization yeah, that, that has you know processes in place, maybe... You know, less employees. You're super yeah. lean. Yeah, we're lean. It's it's good, great to, to good way to grow. Yeah. Actually,
0: know this it's funny because I remember going to Cedars um, when I first raised, and they they were like, "Oh, we really feel like you know you haven't got a, you're not going to have a big enough team, and you know most people are you know raising way more money and da da da." da. And I was like, "I really don't think that's what this business needs," and I and yeah. I just I, remember, I just, I'll never forget that conversation because that's where we've ended up. We did bloat a bit, for, and then I, and then we're like, no, no, this is crazy. That's not what this business yeah, not needs. That's for us. Yeah, we can be lean because we're smart women who know how to do and get almost stuff. Yeah, and that's okay. Again, it's just and like go okay. left.
1: <laughs> and then uh, we talked about the role of you know money in business. Um, but what is um, what is money for you? Uh, you know, coming from a, you know well-paid job to being a you know, startup founder where you pay yourself, I guess, a lot, lot, lot less. Um, mm. But you have equity in the, it's your business, you're building your, you know, your assets. But of course, mm. that, that impacts your, your lifestyle, I yeah, guess. Yeah, totally, yeah. Um, so how do you, you know, how do you manage that? And do you have to do a bit of work on like maybe your money mindset or how you approach the topic of money? Yeah,
0: I mean, I so yes, I had a big job and, but I grew up in a family that didn't have money and so you know everything was a struggle you know and I never as a young person I never had the things that I really wanted you know we had enough to get by and that was that was it and that really set the stage I think for how possibly why I decided to climb the corporate ladder because I was like I need to have money you know um and now I realize that actually you know money is just like money is money is important right to do the things that I want but for Simon and I, we've talked. We talk a lot about, well, you know, what does success look like for us as a family? What's our vision like? Are we living our best life? And and money is just a, a foundation of that. It's not. It's, it's doing things like having a job that you love. For him, yeah. for him and I, it's working four days a week. You know, you know, it's, it's about having fluidity of home and a work life so that you know I could take a day off to go and watch my son play football or, or whatever it's about being able to say to ourselves oh maybe we could go out for dinner once a week and and not be a huge struggle but it's not you know it's not about buying big houses or or yeah it's just it's just not that for us we're, we're quite simple and sounds a bit boring doesn't it <laughs> But I think because no, I've had you're money... Building,
1: you're building a huge business also. So <laughs> you have this vision and I guess it's, yeah, it's part of your life. You know, it's one of these pillars, like yeah. maybe you know, motivation also.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I real, But having had money, I felt like I had a lot of money, especially before we had kids. And I, I realized that yeah. it didn't make me happy. <laughs> and actually the things that make me happy are the things that you do on an everyday basis and yeah a little bit more money will will make it a bit better like being able to go out for an extra meal or have a babysitter so that someone yeah. and I can spend some proper time together um, and you know like to be to be like frank about it like we would love to sell this business and you know have some money so that we could just do more of those same things that's that's it really and then i'd love to that's be able great. to have money so that i could help other people
1: invest in other businesses
0: yeah i'd love that
1: that's how we're going to fund more female businesses I would we need that. founders we need female founders making a lot of yes. money <laughs> and then investing in the ecosystem i really hope that's that. us <laughs> yeah <laughs> i hope to <laughs> um i have a few quick fire questions for you about money what is the best financial decision you ever made
0: i think it was investing in common time yeah. and you know we've sunk a lot of money into this yeah but i just see it as like such a huge investment in myself you know my learning you know if 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 it never worked out i'd be able to go and get any job i wanted probably
1: of course yeah and I think that's something people don't realize is, you know, you quit the corporate life, you start a business, you're so worried, you're, but, you know, fear of failure and stuff, but actually fine. Yeah. You can go back anytime yeah. and find a job. Honestly, <laughs> I don't
0: have any of that fear anymore of yes. if this doesn't work yeah. out, because I realized that I am infinitely better.
1: <laughs> and, yeah.
0: that, and like I said earlier, like that, I feel like I've added so much value in terms of my mindset, my thinking to the yeah. kids. And yep. to Simon as well, you know, we're just much more mindful about what we're doing and considered and I think we're just happier. That's great.
1: And what is the worst financial decision? <laughs>
0: well, that's quite easy. So um, a few years ago, we decided to do a little property project that um, has been the bane of our life ever since. And, you know, we went into something that we didn't really know what we were doing. We lost We've lost quite a lot of money. Uh, I could write a book on it, actually, on all the learn- on the learnings. But I'm never going to do it again. So what's what's the point? <laughs> You've learned. So, yeah, we learned. We've moved on. Yeah. Um,
1: and what are the things you spend the most money on at the moment?
0: We spend a lot of money on food, <laughs> like a lot. We love food Um, and because I suppose because we don't go out as much as we used to, like we love our food at home. Also like our house because we we rented actually recently um, for the last five years. That was part of the journey of Clementine is coming off the housing um, ladder, (laughs) another ladder, and now we're back into a house which is really nice. So we're sort of um, like trying to make that a bit more cosy. I kind redid my office because I spend so much time in there. So house stuff.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we spend so much time at home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you have a favorite book that you can
0: recommend that you've read recently or,
1: you know, a book that you, you tend to give to? Yeah,
0: I talk about this book all the time. Um, but actually, weirdly, no one seems to have read it, which is it's called Down and Out in Paris and London by George Orwell. OK. Have you heard of it? No. No. OK, OK. This is like it should be on everybody's top three books to read in their life. It changed, it literally changed, it has changed my life. It's about George Orwell, a famous writer and time he spent um, being a homeless uh, person in Paris and London and it just opened my eyes and I felt like I was in his shoes, which is a really difficult thing to do. And so it just made me so much more like empathetic and sympathetic and, and try to help People who are in situations without judgment because I think it's really easy to judge people and think, "Oh, well, why are they like that?" You know, what you know, did it, and it's like, no, this is just really, really hard. It was a beautiful book. Thank you.
1: I'd love to talk a little bit, just to, you know, closing remarks about the festival uh, that you are launching oh, yeah. over the next few days. I mean, we're recording this in December, but the festival starts in in January. Um, I will be part yes. of it I'm super happy to run your like money <laughs> money evening yeah um, we'll include the links in the in the in the show notes and, and newsletter and, and everything but can you tell me a little bit more about the festival
0: yeah yeah i love to yeah very excited for this it's called reframe it's a virtual wellness festival we ran one last year in January which actually is such an amazing time to you know step back in January, after a crazy year, which we've had for the last three years, and try to not, you know, to spend some time thinking about, you know, life and money and sex and big important topics that we probably don't spend any time thinking about yeah. so that we're not sleepwalking into, you know, another year. So it's over four nights um, in January. The first night is around sex, which would be great. And we've got Hanks um, running that night. Yep. Yours is the next night, which is around money. Um, which i can't wait for then we've got um the mindset evening which we're running and then another evening which is all about body um and yeah the tickets are only 20 quid so it's pretty good value to get a whole festival pass for four nights or you could get it for 30 quid and get the clementine app subscription for a whole year so that's like
1: that's even better
0: that is even better if you're gonna invest in anything for the year invest in a good night's sleep invest invest (laughs) invest yeah invest in yourself invest in yourself
1: (laughs) yeah thank you so much and we'll be there definitely I will be attending the other the other evenings also cool um is there anything else you'd like to to share or to recommend with anyone listening to this episode
0: I suppose it's the end of the year isn't it so um I was thinking it's very easy at this time of year as well to get overwhelmed and to beat ourselves up a bit yeah. about maybe the things that we haven't done, and you know, or you know, <laughs> I didn't do this well enough. You know, this, it's just the same old stuff.
1: Yeah, not um, enough and gifts, I just not enough
0: work, not enough. Yeah, not Travel, enough, not not <laughs> Kids, yeah, yeah, exactly. time it's spent
1: it's... with the kids.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I just want to say, leave you with these two words three words you are enough it is enough
1: super um kim thank you so much so we can find you of course we need you need to download the clementine app uh clementineapp.com you can find it on the apple store
0: yep or google um
1: instagram clementine app uh uk and we can also find you on linkedin kim palmer any other places
0: no i think that's (laughs) that's quite a lot of places (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's enough
1: <laughs> that's enough yeah. well thank you so much oh no it's great it was so nice to see you thanks for doing that with COVID I hope you're going to be fine and, and, and have some time to rest
0: that was quite therapeutic actually so. <laughs> <laughs> thank you
1: thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Wallet every other week I answer your questions about money on the show so to get involved, send your questions and comments via our hotline to podcast at If you send us a voice note, you may even get to hear your voice on the next hotline episode. Be sure to share this show with your friends and subscribe on your favorite platform. Please also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It only takes a few seconds, but it helps more people to find our show. Join us again next Thursday for another episode of The Wallet. Bye!